Hi everyone, Mike Malatesta here and welcome back to the How Did It Happen podcast. On this podcast, I dig in deep with every guest to explore the roots of their success, to discover not just how it happened, but why it matters. My mission is to find and share stories that inspire, activate, and maximize the greatness in you. Hey, it's Mike. And welcome back to the How'd It Happen podcast, solo series. This is a solo series. This is my Friday solo episode. Every Friday I do a solo uh, where I talk about something that interests me, either an idea that I've had or I've been exposed to, a person I've met, um, something I've run across, or something that just made me think. And I hope you enjoy um, these sort of short, usually less than 10 minute uh, episodes, um, because I think that when if something interests me, it um, will probably interest a lot of other people too, especially people who listen to this podcast. So I hope that's the case with today's episode. And the name of today's episode is The Coffee Break. The Coffee Break. So uh, full disclosure, I don't drink coffee very often. It's actually very, it's actually rare that I will drink coffee. I will drink it uh, if it's the only choice that uh, I have, uh, or if I'm in a, yeah, it's the only choice that I have. I'm going to stay, I'm going to stick with it right there. Um, And I've always wondered about coffee too, because even though this story is going to go back to the origin of the coffee break coffee breaks now are sort of so ubiquitous. It's like you have coffee breaks all the time, right? People are drinking coffee all the time. Um, and to a lesser extent now, but still like, you know, smokers have more, you know, they have breaks, you know, yeah. Cause you can't smoke inside. You have to go outside to smoke. So there's sort of this, at least the coffee drinkers haven't been shipped outside yet. Like the smokers have, but there's still a lot of breaks, but like I said, it wasn't like that. Um, forever. In fact, there was no such thing as a coffee break uh, up until, you know, maybe the 1940s, from what I understand. Um, So do you know how coffee breaks came to be? And if not, you're going to, because I am going to share it with you today. And it's kind of a, kind of an interesting little history lesson. And then I'm going to pull it into a modern day example of uh, employee benefits. So that's um, really what the coffee break was started as was an employee benefit. And according to Time Magazine, a Time Magazine article from 1955, from October 10th, 1955, called Business, the Unpaid Coffee Break. This is how it began. A fellow named Phil Grinitz uh, owned a tie making and weaving business in Denver, Colorado. And during World War II, he lost some of his best weavers to the war effort, and he replaced them with the only labor that was available at the time, and that labor, as it turned out, were mostly uh, elderly women, older women. And the women were really great weavers, which made him very happy, but they tired easily, according to the article's writer. This isn't me saying that, although I'm assuming it's true. And at the lady's suggestion, 
Phil experimented with providing 15-minute morning and afternoon rest breaks, during which he provided, wait for it, coffee. And here's what happened, at least according to the article. Production went up, and so did the ladies' wages. In fact, they went up by an average of $1.02 an hour, which is the equivalent of about $11 an hour in 2022. So that's not what they were being paid. That's how their wages went up uh, as a result, because they were paid by production. They were paid by the tie or whatever it was they were making and not by the hour. However, this mutual nirvana that both the company and the weavers thought they'd achieved from the coffee breaks proved to be short-lived. And what happened was because the breaks were unpaid, technically, but really, I mean, you saw the increase in the pay, the U.S. Department of Labor came along, uh, maybe they got a complaint or whatever, and they paid a visit to Phil and they told him he was breaking the rules and that he had to pay the weavers for their breaks. Because I guess the, I guess the thinking was they were being shortchanged on their wages by not paying them for the breaks. But of course, the increase in wages as a result of having the breaks and maybe the coffee uh, were significant. Uh, so it was really uh, beneficial to, to, the, to the ladies on the, on the weaving team. And in what be, might now be sound like a very short-sighted response, Phil said, no, I'm not going to do that. He refused to pay for the breaks, and he instead, he eliminated them. No more coffee breaks, no more rest breaks, no more production increases, no more uh, wage increases for, for, the, for the ladies that were doing the weaving. And so you think about it, like, who won in that? It seems, it seems like nobody won. And I'll give a caveat before I bring a modern-day story into this. So the caveat is... That whole story is what was in the article. So I wasn't there myself. There's probably other, you know, circumstances or situations or extenuating this, that, or the other that may have played a role in that story. But the interesting thing I think remains that the coffee break was an experiment that was the, the, the workforce, the workers, these elderly women uh, idea, according to the article, and, and something that really benefited they and the company. Um, and now, as I mentioned at the beginning, coffee breaks, there's no, maybe on the factory floor, there's still coffee breaks, but it seems like people are drinking coffee all the time, no matter where they are, no matter where they're working. Hey everyone. If you like what I'm doing with this podcast and want to participate in more of the things I'm thinking about and exploring, subscribe to my newsletter today. It's super simple. Just go to mikemalatesta.com right now Put in your email and you will get the very next issue. It's short, thoughtful, and designed to inspire, activate, and maximize the greatness in you. But here's a, here's a modern day twist to that uh, Department of Labor thing that happened to me. So at one point um, in the mid-2000s or late, maybe mid-2000s, um, we designed a bonus program. And the bonus program was, was, you know, really predicated as a goal setting and goal achieving program. 
And it was something we designed to be available to everyone in the company. So maybe we had 120 or let's say we had 120 people at the time. And we did this quarterly bonus program where we would set goals every quarter for every single person in the company. And then um, we would make progress towards achieving those goals. And the goals were, some were personal goals, a lot were goals that were intended to support the overall goals of the company. So we did this and every quarter we'd do a review, we'd see how everybody did individually. These were individual reviews and we would um, uh, uh, award people who had made progress with some money. And I felt like it was the best thing we ever did. Although it was a lot of work to do this every quarter. And I did get some pushback from some people that it was too much, but I felt like it was the most, like doing that, I, th- I felt was the very best thing we could be doing for people that it, and that is helping them become goal setters and goal achievers. So this went on for uh, a few years and then we got a letter or a visit. I don't remember from the department of labor or I think it was the department of labor or it might've been a, a state department of labor. And you know, I guess long story short, they determined that this bonus, which we had called a discretionary bonus because it was discretionary. It was not guaranteed. It was the result of, of um, progress made on goal setting and goal achievement for each person. And not everybody got it and not everybody got the same because it was based on individual performance. But they, the government made the determination that since most people got it, it wasn't really a bonus but instead it was an expectation. And there's a big significance to that um, because if it's an expectation, then uh, we were told that because it's an expectation or since it's an expectation, at least as they define it, we uh, owed them, owed the people who were getting the bonuses or the bonus had to be applied to their hourly wage rate and we didn't pay overtime properly based on that addition. It's probably too complicated to get into on just a podcast, but the basics are this was a program that I think almost everybody liked. They certainly liked the extra income they they could earn, but I think more than that, they enjoyed the process of, 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 building their own capabilities through goal setting and goal achieving. And it was, it was uh, a benefit. It was a benefit. And now we were being told that um, we did it wrong. You can't just give people money. You have to calculate this and you have to calculate that. And, um, and ultimately that, you know, what you're doing is not, um, um, discretionary, it's creating an expectation for people. And it really bummed me out because we had to pay a a fine or make it right, quote unquote, right with, uh, with everybody. And then it just soured me on the whole thing. Sort of like Phil got soured on it too. You know, I just, it just soured me on the whole thing. And 
um, ultimately we weren't, we, we still maintained the goal setting goal achievement, but we weren't able to reward people with money anymore because of it. And I often think to myself, did someone complain about not getting this overtime calculation, right? Even though they were getting the other money or, and, and, and I'll take responsibility for not, you know, administering it, I guess, to the letter of the law, but it really seems silly that, uh, a benefit that put more money into people's pockets and had no impact on how they were being paid, uh, hourly, if they were paid hourly, um, or their overtime based on their hours worked or anything was <laughs> got completely tripped up by this convoluted calculation. Um, and ultimately it, it, it ended up eliminating the, uh, financial reward of the goal setting. So I, I always thought that was a bummer. So I guess the lesson here is, um, you know, it all depends on who's looking at something like in Phil's case, his weavers and his company were doing great as a result of, uh, giving this experiment with the coffee break, a try. And, and someone else came in and said, no, it's not, you know, it's not right. And the same thing kind of happened with us. And I just wonder who's right. You know, who's right is, is, and what's the point? I guess I want to, who's right. And what's the point of correcting it? And like, what's the, what's the point of, but I guess everybody has their role to play and their job to do. And so I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, just something to think about. Um, anyway, the coffee break, that's the episode. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you got some value out of this. I hope I didn't go too convoluted on you. Uh, and if you've had, got a story like this or you like this episode, you know, share it. Let me know. I'd be interested. Uh, if you're not a subscriber to the podcast, please consider um, going to your podcast app, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen, hit the follow or subscribe button. I'd love to have you every here every Friday uh, and every Monday where I do a longer form podcast. I have a conversation with, you know, really successful people about how it happened for them and more importantly, why it matters to you. And um, yeah, visit my website, mikemalatesta.com, M-A-L-A-T-E-S-T-A.com. Sign up for my newsletter and you'll get something every Thursday from me as well. Until next time, please, maximize your greatness. 